بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا تھرٹینتھ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر the purified heart and the upright character. So first a report. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad with a Sayyid chain of transmission, Sayyidina Abu Sayyid al-Khudri radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messenger said, said the divided heart is that in which there is part Iman and part Nifaq, hypocrisy. The part of Iman therein is compatible to a good plantation irrigated by pure water. And the part of Nifaq, hypocrisy therein, is compatible to a wound washed by both pus and blood. The stronger of these two tendencies will dominate the heart. So let's look at this. So... It's a flawless report, Imam Ahmad's Musnad. So what's interesting, the Prophet mentioned the heart, because it's called the divided heart, it's split. The heart is split. A part of it has Iman. The other part has Nifaq, hypocrisy. And look how interesting, what did the Prophet say? The part which has Iman is like a, a good land which is nourished by pure water. And the part which is Hypocrisy is being washed by both pus and blood, meaning it's nothing nourishing it. Then he said, the stronger of the two will dominate. Meaning if your iman is weak, the nifaq will dominate. If your iman is strong, it will dominate the nifaq. This divided heart belongs to the majority of the Muslims. So what's interesting, the Prophet just mentioned it, but... It's important to highlight most of us have this heart. Mm-hmm. Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi, commenting upon this hadith, he emphasized the utmost importance of dhikr as a means of spiritual purification and a path to the purified heart. So what did Imam Ghazali say? In his Ihya, volume 3, page 12, he said, This hadith can be compared to the following verse. In Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, verse 201, Audhu Billahi Minish Shaitan Rajeem, Inna al-lazina attaqaw idha masathum ta'ifum minash shaitani tadhakkaru fa idhahum mubsiroon. Lo, those who are wary of God, when a thought of evil from the shaitan troubles them, they but remember and behold they see. Imam Ghazali then said, Rahmatullah Allah the Almighty therefore informs us that the purity of the heart and its ability to see clearly follows the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what did Imam Ghazali simply say? He's commenting upon the verse where Allah Ta'ala says that when shaitan attacks you, tadhakkaru, Allah Ta'ala says, they remember Remember what? They do dhikr. فَإِذَاهُمْ مُبْسِرُونَ Then they see. 
Imam Ghazali says, the purity of the heart, its ability to see, which I'll mention in a bit what that means. It follows zikr. You can't get it without the zikr of Allah. Allah is mentioning zikr. Then he goes, then they will see. In a hadith in Hakim, when it's greater than Hassan, Anas radiallahu, he relates to the beloved messenger, said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, الشَّيْطَانُ يَلْتَقِمُ قَلْبَ إِبْنِ عَادَةِ فَإِذَا ذَكَرُ اللَّهَ خَصَنَ عِنْدَهُ وَإِذَا نَسِيَ اللَّهَ أَلْتَقَمَ قَلْبَ Shaitan tries to devour the heart of the son of Adam alayhi salatu wa salam. However, if he remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Shaitan shrinks away from him. But if he forgets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he devours his heart. So here the Prophet gave you a very clear image, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He goes, Shaitan is after your heart. Why? Because that's the seat of Iman. He wants to empty your Iman, make you enter kufr. If you remember your Lord, Shaitan, because it hurts him, he shrinks away from his target. But if you forget your Lord, he starts again. Imam Ghazali, he commented upon this. In his Ihya, volume 3, page 73, he said, Whoever forgets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even for an instant has in that precise moment taken shaitan for a companion. For this reason, Allah the Almighty says, and he recited Surah Al-Zukhruf, Surah 43, verse 36. And he whose sight is dim to the vicar of the supremely merciful, we assign unto him a shaitan who becomes his companion. <laughs> shaitan comes to make his nest there and to lay his eggs in order to reproduce therein. <laughs> the eggs reproduce and this is how the progeny of shaitan multiplies faster than any animal whatsoever. Because its natural tendency is that of fire. If it is those finds dry wood, the dead heart, its reproduction becomes even faster. Fire breeding fire, said Imam Ghazali. <laughs> so again, let's break it down. So Imam Ghazali, obviously, he's elucidated. He goes, forget about them not forgetting Allah for hours. Even for the moment, if you forget him, shaitan becomes your companion. <laughs> so think about that. This is why Imam Junaid said, my one moment of neglect is more is more grievous to me than all the time of remembrance so think about that what he was basically saying was if i did 23 hours of zikr and i spent an hour of negligence that one hour of negligence is more devastating to me than 23 hours of zikr so what was imam junaid referring to he was referring to this for one moment he goes you've given given him access and then what does allah say he quotes the quran he whose sight is dim, look how interesting the words that Allah uses. He whose sight is dim to the dhikr. What does that mean? It means you don't understand. You don't value dhikr. You have no idea what it does. He whose sight is dim to the dhikr of the supremely merciful, we assign to him shaitan who becomes his companion. So Allah makes it clear. If you don't value dhikr, understand what dhikr is for, he goes, shaitan will become your companion. Then what does he do that shaitan? Imam Ghazali explained. He starts laying eggs in your heart. 
What are these eggs? These are his children. And if your heart is dry, it's going to be like a wildfire. Shaitan is going to reproduce very, very quickly. Imam Ghazali continued, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, volume 4, page 73. Do not think that Shaitan is absent from an empty heart. Quite the contrary. He circulates within the child of Adam like blood. Its flow is compatible to that of air in a cup. If you wish the air not to enter the cup without filling it with water or some other liquid, first you are wishing the impossible. Why? For where emptiness reigns, air inevitably penetrates. In the same way, a heart occupied with meditation on an important aspect of religion escapes the turnings of shaitan. Look how he's breaking it down, the great Imam. He said, if you are foolish and you think this is not important, because your example is like a person who thinks that I can take air out of a cup without putting nothing in it. Is that possible? It's impossible. Somebody goes, you've got to put something in it to take the air out. He goes, that is the emptiness which shaitan uses. The heart needs to be filled. So shaitan doesn't have access. You fill it with what? He goes, you start doing maraqiba. You reflect upon your deen. He goes, this also hurts the shaitan. If you strive in this area, then the price is immense. What is the price? In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Sahih, Abu Huraira radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَوْلَا أَنَّ الشَّيَّاتِينَ يَحُومُونَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِ بَنِي آدم لَنَذَرُ إِلَىٰ مَلَقُوتِ السَّمَاوَاتِ Were it not for the shaitans encircling the children of Adam's hearts, they would be able to perceive the hidden kingdom. So what did the Prophet say? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, the shaitans are like, you know, when you get flies around excrement, they saw darkening your heart. Because of that, you are not able to see the malakut. So the malakut was interesting. I mentioned this. Malakut means hidden kingdom. Malakut means hidden kingdom. Now what's interesting, you got Surah Mulk. Surah Mulk is the open kingdom. Animals, trees, sun, moon, you know, the earth. Malakut is the hidden kingdom, the angels, the unseen. What did the Prophet say would happen if the shaitans were not encircling your heart? You would be able to see the malakut. This is a sahih hadith from the Prophet Meaning, Allah Ta'ala has created you, He's designed you in such a way that you can receive gifts which you can hardly fathom. But shaitan is doing so much damage, you haven't got access to it. Even though you've got the potential. And what's interesting about mulk and malakut, if you look at Surah Yasin, what's the virtue of Surah Yasin? Many virtues. One of the virtues is it fulfills your needs for the day. In Darimi and Mishkat, if you recite it at the beginning of the day. What's the last verse of Surah Yasir? Subhanallah. 
which word does Allah Ta'ala use? Mulk or Malakut? Malakut. Subhanalladhi biyadihi malakutu kulli shay'in wa ilayhi turja'un. And again, you get translations and like, you know, I don't know who's translating, you know, maybe some guy with shorts on, right? It says, glory be to him who was the kingdom. He doesn't say kingdom. He goes, the, the hidden kingdom. And to him you shall all be brought back. So Surah Yasin uses the word malakut. Now what's interesting, what's the virtue of Surah Yasin? It fulfills your needs. But there's a hint in the last verse. It's actually fulfilling far more than your needs. Why? Because the hidden kingdom, the grave, the day of resurrection, the bridge of Sirat, there's a hint in the last verse. Surah Mulk is for the grave. That's the Malakut. And what does it say in the first verse? Mulk. Why does Allah say Malakut? So Surah Mulk isn't just for the grave. Allah is hinting towards that. So note here, the Prophet said, Sahih Hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the shaitans are encircling your heart. Because of that, you are not able to see the Malakut. What does it say in the Quran? In Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6, verse 75, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, Audhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajeem, وَكَذَلِكَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلِيَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُوْقِنِينَ And we also showed Ibrahim والسلام, the hidden kingdom of the heavens and the earth that he might have certitude. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say about his Khalil? He goes, I showed him the Malakut. What happened when he was shown the Malakut? مِنَ الْمُوْكِنِينَ He had certitude. So that is what shaitan is depriving you of. Certitude. Very high maqam. For instance, uh, Hudayfah, the hadith is a sahih hadith in Bayhaqi. He asked Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, has the certainty reached you? So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, yes, alhamdulillah. Now think about that. If I didn't give you all the explanation, what are they talking about? Now you know what they're talking about. What he was really asking was, has the malakud opened to you? And he goes, yes, alhamdulillah. I'm seeing. I see angels, right? You know, and this is the thing, you know, and it's not an exaggeration. The companions, you know, they were something else. You know, they'll gallop over water. You know, which person gallops over water? Right? What's inspiring him to do that? It's the Malakut. They were purified people. Ibrahim والسلام, was given this. Our beloved messenger, was he given this? In Darimi and Mishkat, our beloved messenger said, He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he placed his hand between my shoulder blades and I felt the coolness of it between my chest. Subhanallah. I then knew the malakut of the heavens and the earth. He then recited the same verse which I've just recited about Ibrahim This is in Darimi and Mishkat. So when Rasulullah went on the Mihraj, Allah placed his hand and he goes, I felt the coolness of it between my nipples or my chest. Now, what does that mean? So, his mother Shabihat, we don't start saying a human hunt. Allah did something to him. And because of that, he goes, everything, Malakut was open now. The kingdom of heaven 
which the verse is referring to, refers to the world of spiritual truths and angelic presences. Hafiz ibn al-Arabi defines it as alam al-ghayb, the world of the unseen, as opposed to alam al-shahada, the witness world. Now what's interesting, what did Abdullah ibn Masood say, very famous report about him, in Hakim in his Mustadrak Sahih, he goes, the greatest thing for you to believe in is the ghayb. So imagine going to an atheist. That will really make him, you know, blow a fuse. Say, John, I'd like to tell you something. What, what's the greatest thing that you can believe in? If he's an atheist, what's it, he do? that's not even on his radar. Because the greatest thing to believe in is the unseen. He'll turn around because you truly are brainwashed. And our response is, that's what our teachers told us. So what is the unseen? What was he really talking about? What he's talking about was the purified heart. Because you will witness it. The Sahaba, the Prophet was with him, and the Sahaba goes, Ya Rasulullah, Alhamdulillah, I think I've got Iman. So the Prophet said, Tell me your state. And he said some amazing things. He goes, I see the Arish. I see the angels doing tawaf around the Arish. I see the people of paradise. I see the people of hell and their punishments. The Prophet goes, Yes, now keep it. So what is that telling you about the Sahab? What, what on earth was he talking about? Malakut. Imran ibn Hussein, not the Sheikh, the Sahab, Imran ibn Hussein, the angels would shake hands with them. Because I felt their presence. But then he, in Sayyid Muslim, he got cauterized. He used fire. And he stopped feeling the presence of the angels. And he was really hurt over that. When he, he made effort, and again, because I start now feeling the handshake again. Malakut, the purified heart. Most haven't got that. Why? Because you've got that hypocrisy in the heart. Right? It's, there's a battle taking place in the heart, the battleground. Thus, this was given without effort to the two mightiest messengers mankind has ever seen. However, lesser mortals like ourselves can sip from this priceless treasure. But note, it is clearly all related to the performance of the dhikr. Now what's strange, when people talk about dhikr, they talk about rewards. You know, it's this. What's the reward with the hundred hajjus? Is what's the reward with the hundred with that, mashallah? But is that the maqsad? Right? The maqsad is that you get the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You get close to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, this is why the awliya, they're in that state, the malakut. So, for example, you know, many, many examples. I'll give you one. Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani, what was his famous, famous, you know, malakut that he showed to the people? Oh, that's another one, right? His turban. Right? And then one of the youngsters said, Sheikh, I believe that you can see things that we can't see. So I'd like to see it. So Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani tried to stay them away from it. And he wouldn't. He goes, no, no, please, please. So eventually, he goes, I will give you, I will put my turban on your head, but don't panic. Be firm. So he's thinking, okay, no problem. So he took his blessed turban off, put it on the youngster's head. He went into panic mode. Right? And then after a short period of time, he took the turban off, he put it back. They flick some water on the youngster because he's fainted. He comes around. He goes, what happened? He goes, I saw animals. 
He goes, what did you see? He goes, I saw snakes, scorpions, instead of humans. So Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jirani goes, you showed their reality. Meaning that a lot of the people sitting around Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, they were monafics. They were very sinful people. So this is what the Holy see. So when you go in their presence, imagine isn't it, what they see. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Alaikum salam. And in his heart, he's thinking, is this a scorpion? Right? And that's why people say, why were the Sahaba so great? Think about it, you fruitcake. If the Oliya see with this eye, what's Rasulullah seeing with? That's why when you give salam to the Prophet, is that a normal state? People just go out there with t shirts, salam alaikum. Right? I'm gonna, man, hey, what the heck have you just done? Do you know what you're actually doing when you're giving salam to the Prophet? Right? That's why the people weep. Some of the great ones couldn't even go to his blessed presence. Imam Abu couldn't do it. It took him 30, 40 years. And somebody then said, you have to go because the Prophet came in my dream. He goes, tell him to come. It's time. Why wouldn't he go? Because he was scared. Right? So this is the Oliya, status of the Oliya. Why? Again, it's to do with the state of the heart. This is what our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes for all of us. As can be attested to from, from the countless illuminations of the blessed Oliya. But sadly, how many attain such a treasured rank? So what's the invaluable lesson from what I've mentioned? Namely, mankind and jinn need dhikr as regular as they need air, food and water. Nay, rather even more so. I think about that, right? Zikr is the key, and Allah has mentioned it in the Quran. And this is why, if you look at Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, his student was with him in prison, Hafiz ibn Qayyim. And he said that the Shaykh and I would pray Fajr, and then he would sit continuously well into the mid morning. I would rest. And then once I asked him, But Shaykh, why do you go through all this effort? He said, this is my breakfast. Because I don't have strength otherwise. So what was his breakfast? Zikr. So what he was telling him was, he goes, this is what you need to do. Why are you resting, basically? We didn't tell him that. He's saying, you know, why are you resting? Letting shaitan come in again. Right? And this is why, if you look at the Prophet, there's a very interesting narrative. Shams the Braze. So who knows who Shams the Braze? Anybody know who that is? Shams the Braze. It was the... Teacher of uh, Molana Rumi. So Shams Tabrez, he was the spiritual sheikh of Molana Rumi. So Shams Tabrez once said to Molana Rumi, whose heart was greater? Rasulullah or Bayazid Bustami. So the people gasped at that. They thought, what sort of a question is that? Astaghfirullah, because he's comparing a saint to Rasulullah. So Mawlana Rumi kept quiet. When the people calmed down, then he said, Rasulullah's heart is great. So Shams Tabrez goes, why? He goes, Rasulullah's heart could not be felt, even if an ocean was placed in it. Bayezid's heart overflowed. And therefore, he went into that state in which they become behosh. So, Shams Tabre says, correct. <laughs> so, think about this. Did Rasulullah go into Kashif? No, because his heart was fathomless. 
the heart's container gets full and then it starts overflowing. When it overflows, then Mawlana Rumi, what did he start doing? Famously, he started spinning, which people do now and they're not even in that state, right? You know, well, you know what are you copying? Something that he's in a spiritual state. You know, you don't want to go into a roundabout and playground if you want to do that, right? You know, you go into a spiritual state. This is what he was doing. His heart was overflowing. Rasulullah never went into that state. Question, did the Sahaba go into that state? They're the next greatest hearts. Very rare you see that. So, this is something which is called the spiritual drunk. <laughs> a spiritual drunk, you know, majzub, that's what they call them. <coughs> they don't know what's happening here. You look at them, they these guys in another planet. And he is, he's literally in another planet. And just to add this to finish. Whatever aids in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is priceless. In Tirmidhi 4-561 is Gharib. Ibn Majah 2-1377. Hafiz Dimyati in his Al-Majjal Ar-Rabi fi Thawab Al-Amal Al-Salih. The reward for good deeds. Number 11 of the English translation. Abu Harir He relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The world is cursed. And all that is in it is also cursed. Except Dhikrullah. Whatever helps it. An alim and a student. So this is the answer. What did the Prophet say? The whole world is cursed. People go on holidays. Where are you going with them? From one cursed place to another. Right? The world is cursed and all of it is cursed except the remembrance of Allah. So if you go to a place where there's piety, Alhamdulillah. Whatever helps it. That's interesting. What did the Prophet say? That's not cursed. Something which is not zikr, but it's helping the vicar. An alim, and of course a student. So what is Rasulullah referring to? The aid. An example of this are the prayer beads. For one uses them so as to take the focus away from number to the content, which is the objective. If somebody says to you, do a hundred subhanallahs, if you're more worried about the hundred, there's something wrong with you, man, there. <laughs> You should be more focused on subhanallah, not hundred. So how do I take away the number? You get something to help you. And what better than the prayer beat? Certain movements have also been prescribed in the various orthodox Sufi paths. Note, this was done by the masters of the science, not the laymen, to further maximize benefit from dhikr. So this is what we call harder, the movements which the shuyu supervise. Now Tom Dekanadi is doing it. Right? You know, he's, who's, who's, who's leading? Nobody, everybody's just joining in. Right? So the master is looking over and is maximizing the zikr. There are also many similar examples, such as focusing on your breath, pass and fast, in and out. La ilaha illallah. La, take la, when you say la, you breathe out. La ilaha, and then you breathe in towards your heart. So everything outside of Allah Ta'ala goes out and Allah Ta'ala goes in. That aids. Another is dimming the lights. All of these are aids to dhikr. They are not an innovation because Rasulullah gave you the license. He goes, whatever helps it. Now look how great the deed of dhikr is. Rasulullah even prays what helps it. Think about that. Somebody goes, what is that? That's not the dhikr. That's helping it. Even that is not is blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you got these like, you know, machines that people <coughs> press now as well. 
the gadget, what do you call them? Gadgets. That's another one. So note again, all of this is helping with regards to the purity of the heart. And what does Allah the Almighty and Glory say in the Quran? That he who returns to me with a purified heart, he is the one who is successful. Qalbun salim. The purified heart, the heart at rest. Allah Ta'ala is wanting the heart. In Sayyid Muslim, the Prophet وسلم, said, Allah Ta'ala does not look at your face and figures. He looks at your hearts and your deeds. If you've got hypocrisy in your heart, pus and blood, he's looking at that. But he sees the iman as well. And there's the battleground most of us have. Hopefully, our iman is stronger than our hypocrisy. But the more purified, the more the ghayb will open by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all I mentioned today was basically the divided heart, i.e. the battleground of the shaitan. And note, everything is detailed and elaborated upon by the great masters of the science. Are there any questions you like to ask?